Some time ago, I posted a story on Instagram and Facebook asking my followers to submit questions for creating a podcast with some of the questions asked. This is my first podcast of this kind and I'm really looking forward to answer your questions. I chose only 20 because this episode would be way too long. My name is Dragos Pepina and I'm a professional pet portrait artist with a passion for capturing the unique personalities and traits of the furry friends. On this podcast, I will be sharing my insights and experience with you and dive deeper into the art of pet portraiture and share tips that will inspire and help you, my fellow pet portrait artist. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at addragospepina underscore art for a behind-the-scenes look at my creative process and also if you want to stay up to date with my drawings. Now let's get started. The first question is, how did you get into drawing pet portraits? I've mentioned this many times in my podcast, but in short, I drew my cat for the first time and since then I haven't been able to stop drawing pets. The next question is, what's your favorite part about drawing pet portraits? My favorite part of drawing pets is seeing the client's reaction when they receive the picture with the completed drawing or even the drawing itself. Knowing that I brought the pet of that person to life from a blank piece of paper and it has brought them so much joy is an immeasurable feeling for me as a pet portrait artist. Somebody also asked, can you share a fun experience about being a pet portrait artist? Of course, I haven't had too many fun incidents, but one is really worth mentioning. Someone from my town who commissioned a pet portrait from me, wanted to pick it up in person, so we agreed to meet at a central location in the city. As I'm always earlier than the agreed time, I arrived there first and waited for the person. At some point, completely engrossed in my phone, I didn't realize when someone came next to me and guess who it was. Yes, it was the client. The funny part was that both of us were paying attention to our phones, waiting for a message from the other person, not realizing that we were already both there and, on top of that, we were right next to each other. At some point, I decided to look around to see if anyone was approaching and that's when I realized that somebody was next to me. I asked that person if they were there for a drawing and that's how we found each other. How epic it is to wait for each other when we were so close. It seemed hilarious at that moment and we both had a good laugh about it afterwards. Next question is, do you have a preferred medium for pet portraits? Before, I was crazy about colored pencils and that was all I used. However, around a year ago, I transitioned to pastels and it has stayed that way. They are totally different and I have enjoyed working with this medium much more. Somebody also asked, how do you capture the unique personality of each pet in your drawings? The secret lies in the eyes of that pet. Eyes are the mirror of the soul and if you get it right, you will surely capture the personality of that pet. Although in a dog breed, it may seem like they all look quite familiar, if you look closely, you will discover personalized features For each animal, this is what every client wants in a drawing. To see the soul of their beloved pet, not just a generic animal. Next question is, how do you deal with difficult clients? 
That's a very good question and as a pet project artist, you will definitely encounter this kind of situations. The key, in essence, when dealing with such cases, is to remain calm and try to resolve the problem in the best way as possible. There's no point in getting upset because that will likely result in losing the client and being perceived as unfriendly and unprofessional. Next question is, do you have any tips for working with bad reference pictures? Yes, firstly, some reference pictures are truly unusable, no matter how much you try to edit them and make them somewhat okay. This often happens in cases where the client has lost their pet and it's no longer with us, leaving them with a limited number of photos. Fortunately, there are cases where a photo, despite being not very good quality, can still be used. Here are some tips on how to address this issue. You can try to adjust the resolution. If the photo is very pixelated and you are using Photoshop, you can manipulate the resolution and convert it to 300 dpi, which is of very good quality. Typically, these poor quality pictures are at 90 dpi, preventing you from zooming in as much as possible, which a 300 dpi photo will assure. Another solution is to work with the colors and tweak them a bit. Enhancing or adjusting the colors can sometimes make a significant difference in the overall quality of the image. Try everything you can to make that photo usable before turning down the client. Someone else asks, have you ever drawn a more unusual pet? Yes, a few years ago, I drew a Dalmatian that had lost an eye due to cancer and that drawing was intended to be used as a tattoo. Half of the face was realistic and the other half was made up of various types of flowers. The biggest challenge was to blend these two elements without making the drawing look like it is made of two separate pieces. I really enjoyed creating that drawing and I would love to be challenged even more in the future. Another question is, is there a difference between drawing pets that passed away and ones who are still alive? For me, as a pet portrait artist, certainly not. However, it definitely holds much more emotional significance for the owner that have lost their pet than for those whose furry friends are still alive. Typically, drawings for a pet that has passed away serve as memorials, a kind of last tribute that will forever remind the owners of their pet. Of course, for all owners, these drawings mean a lot, but the emotional impact is stronger for some. Okay, now next question. What tools do you recommend that makes drawing pets easier? From my perspective, what matters most to me in making a drawing much easier is the quality of the paper. This is the most crucial aspect because how well the paper holds the pigment of the medium used and how many layers it can withstand are vital. I even made a test some time ago where I used $6 colored pencils on a very expensive paper sheet and the result was surprisingly good. So, make sure that the paper you use is of very good quality. Someone also asked me, how do you handle challenges when drawing specific breeds? For me, the most challenging animals to draw are those with long fur because its direction goes everywhere and it can be frustrating sometimes. This type of fur also needs to blend seamlessly with the background since individual fur strands may be a bit rebel 
and visible against the background. When I have such a subject, the easiest approach is to work in very small sections, breaking down the piece of the drawing into manageable segments and starting from there. Typically, after completing one section, I'll catch onto the method, making it much easier for the rest of the drawing. Next question is, are we inspired by other artists? Definitely. I follow only artists on Instagram who motivate me and make me want to become better. I never compare myself to them because that's the major issue with social media nowadays, causing a lot of harm to self-esteem. However, I admire them and I'm proud of them every time I see the incredible pieces of art they share with the world. Another question is, can you share a heartwarming story from a client's reaction to one of your pet portraits? The most heartwarming reactions are those where I receive videos from clients to whom the drawing has been gifted and they are so moved and sometimes even cry. It deeply touches me as well. When I think that before offering commissions, I had no idea of the power a drawing could have on a person, it now seems to me that this feeling is something every artist should experience at least one time in life. Despite being very emotional, it's also like a fountain of energy for me as a pet portrait artist. Next question is, what's the most rewarding part of being a pet portrait artist for you? The answer to this question, I believe, I provided in the previous response. The greatest satisfaction for me as a pet portrait artist is the joy I bring into people's hearts and homes through my art. Someone asks, how do you stay motivated? My motivation comes from the fact that I am now doing what I've always wanted to do and it has been my dream since I was little, since I started drawing. Back then, I had no idea why I drew. It was purely for pleasure and what I felt compelled to do. Over time, as my mind matured to understand certain things, I realized why I felt the urge to draw all the time when I was 7 or 8 years old because it was a part of me since then, something that could never be taken away from me. Next question is, are there any particular breeds you find more challenging to draw? This is another question to which I believe I have already responded. For me, the most challenging breeds to draw are those with long fur. However, if we want to improve, stepping out of our comfort zone and facing challenges is what makes us emerge from that experience more learned, better and more confident. These challenges makes us better artists, showing us that we can achieve anything if we gather ourselves and give our very best. Another very good question is, how do you manage client expectations when creating a pet portrait? The most important thing is to ensure clear communication with the client. Before starting a drawing, you should know everything they expect from you, including whether the client has a specific color they want you to add to the background or if they want some modifications in the drawing. For example, in some cases, the pupil may appear to have a grey or purple color due to the flash of the camera and if it isn't communicated with the client in advance, you may find out later that adjustments are needed. In addition to that, send updates to clients as often as possible 
not excessively, but, for instance, after completing a significant portion of the drawing. This way, you'll have enough time to make small corrections here and there without too many issues. Next question. Do you have a favorite pet portrait you've ever created and why is it special to you? It's very difficult for me to choose among my drawings because all of them are like my children and we all know that a parent can differentiate between their children. However, with some drawings, I felt a stronger connection than with others. Nevertheless, everything I've done so far has been done with great pleasure and passion. Turning to the next question, has your style evolved over time? Oh yes, definitely. We all progress over time and become better in our craft, which brings a change in style, sometimes subtle but at times radical. Personally, I used to be somewhat lazy and didn't incorporate every color found in the reference photo into the drawing. However, since I started paying attention to every detail and color in the reference picture, the change is very noticeable. My drawings are more polished, have more life in them and are much more realistic. And the last question but not the least is, what advice would you give to aspiring pet portrait artists? The best advice I can give and something I wish I knew when I started out is that even though the artists you follow make it all look so effortless, like everything is going smoothly and they're flooded with commissions, don't expect the same for yourself, especially in the beginning. While it's motivating to see other artists getting plenty of commissions and may make you wonder. If I start offering commissions, I will also be fully booked because I can draw too. And often, reality doesn't match these expectations. It's important to be realistic and understand that when you start something new, you build it brick by brick. Success doesn't come instantly and it requires a lot of hard work and motivation on your part. And so, I've answered to all your questions with all the informations I've gained from my experience. I hope you learned something from today's episode. As usual, I can be found on Instagram as addragospepina_art. You can follow me there if you want to see my new pet portraits that I post as often as I can. Also, feel free to DM me at any time if you want to chat, because I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for being here today with me, and I look forward to have you in my next episodes as well. Remember, if I can be a successful pet portrait artist, so can you.